If you buy or approve the acquisition of software for the government, you probably already know you're going to have to deal with something called the Software Bill of Materials, or SBOM, as part of understanding what you're getting. Now the Science and Technology Directorate of the Homeland Security Department is aiming to help with the whole software provenance and supply chain issue. It's calling this the Silicon Valley Innovation Program. Here with details, the program's technical director, Anil John. Mr. John, good to have you with us. Good to be here. Thank you. Tell us what this program is all about. It, uh, you're partnering across government here, uh, other parts of DHS, and what are you trying to accomplish? Sure. The Silicon Valley Innovation Program was stood up about six or seven years ago because uh, the department knew that it was having trouble reaching you know, technology and start talent from the startup community, you know, not just in the U.S., but globally as well. So we are a program that was stood up in order to find global you know, technology and talent from the startup community to solve the problems of the department. And in this particular area, we are partnering with obviously one of the components of uh, DHS, CISA, in order to sort of help the ecosystem in providing visibility into software supply chain in general across a wide variety of areas. And you're looking for people to hire into the government or to just do research for the government to help it understand these issues of supply chain and software? We're actually not, even though we are part of the S&T directorate within our DHS, SVIP tends to be more on the shaping of product side rather than pure R&D. So the projects that we are involved in, that which includes you know, this, which we call the Software Supply Chain Visibility Tools Project, is very much about shaping commercial products in order to meet the needs of government and the broader industry in general, such that it is available not just to DHS, but also to the broader market in order to leverage as well. In that area, as you noted, it tends to be very much about putting into place contracts with startup companies in order to shape their products, in order to build capabilities that can be used by government agencies, and it is not about hiring people. And what are some of the qualitative or quantitative, whatever, differences in how the government would need to have supply chain, software supply chain visibility versus what industry might need? Our thesis here is that it should not be different, right? We all source software from the same place, the broader market that exists around software. We all use commercial software, whether you're in the private sector or in government. So what is really, really important for us is to make sure that that software, whether it is using open source components, closed source components, and things like that, are built in a manner that provides visibility and transparency into it. So I don't consider the way that software is used within government to be any different than where a way that it would be used in a in a Fortune 500 or in a mid-sized or a small-sized company. Because there are so many companies developing software, that's what startups basically do in Silicon Valley nowadays. They don't develop new silicon. Are you trying to generally reach them all with some point of reference or how do you how do you get at the breadth of what's happening in software for sure you know so that sort of leads directly to what we articulated uh, in partnership with CISA into the community and what we are looking for here right and i think you know, at the, at the broad umbrella is very much about providing visibility into the software supply chain components, but we sort of broke it up into a variety of what we call technical topic area. We fully believe that there needed to be some foundational open source work that needed to be done in order to provide translations between different uh, representations of SBOM. You know, I think everybody uses the term SBOM, but within the software development 
development community itself, there are multiple ways of how to create an SBOM. So we wanted to make sure that we you know, funded some work that basically created a foundational open source library that provide translations across multiple SBOM formats that could be used by the government, used by the private sector, and used by anybody that wants to you know, leverage that. And building on top of that, we actually wanted to have the companies build capabilities across the entire software development lifecycle. So how do you sort of integrate SBOM directly into the build pipeline, whether it is integrating into the continuous integration pipeline that a company might have in order to build software, whether it's integrating into the, the software code repositories that are out there, then moving into ensuring that if you are an organization that's consuming that, how do you sort of tie what the software components are to potential vulnerabilities that currently exist. So providing some sort of visualization that brings those two together. And those are, again, some of the te technical topic areas, but even more than that, you know, we are a program and a partnership with CISA, we were not interested in admiring the problem any further. We actually wanted to you know, sure. provide capability, for example, that developers who work in software IDEs you know, they had the ability to directly ingest this capability directly into them. So there is a work stream that is focused on that. And last but not least, if you're an administrator within an organization, um, one of the software components that you use is Seam software. So how do you integrate SBOM visibility and vulnerability visibility directly into that? So those are all, I would say, work streams that we put out in the solicitation on what we want capabilities for. Okay, and just define Seam for us one more time. So SIEM is security information event management. This this tends to be more not developer-centric, but more, more administrator-centric sure. in an IT department. So we wanted integration with that type of capability for providing visibility for both vulnerabilities and SBOM information to that particular segment of the audience as well. And tell us how the program works. I mean, what do you actually do to inculcate this type of thinking of developing open source SBOMs organically as you develop programs, how do you get that word out and ask people to actually do it? Sure. The SVIP program actually works in four phases. Phase one tends to be we've all met companies and people who have beautiful resumes who couldn't ship anything if their life depended on it. <laughs> so phase one for us is basically the ability to put into place you know, multiple contracts with multiple companies simultaneously in order to solve the same problem to understand who can actually walk the talk, who can actually deliver a capability itself. Then if they are able to you know, show us their approach to solving the problem, show us a minimum viable product that actually has a clear understanding of their approach to solving a problem, we invite them to a next phase where the full capability is built out at that point in time. So this is capabilities, obviously, you know, contributing to the, the open source piece, contributing to building the integration with IDEs, uh, visibility tools, SIEM products and the like, and that is phase two. And if that goes well, because we tend to be not a research program, but a program that shapes products for operational deployment into the op environment. Uh, in phase three, I throw a red team at them. 
right? So this is full security and privacy evaluation of what they have built. It could be in this particular case, uh, we fully expect to do you know, full end-to-end -end code review of the open source components themselves. But you know, companies are building on top of the open source components, which products that they want to sell into the marketplace. We will obviously, you know, as under NDA, test their products as well because it gives them confidence when they, you know, go and sell this. Then, last but not least, is in a phase four of the SVIP program, our operational components within the department have the ability to, you know, test that product in an operational setting, and at the end of it, two things happen. One of them is the product becomes ready, a real skew of the product becomes ready in the market, such that we can buy it or anybody in the market can buy it. Any sure. DHS in particular has the ability to directly acquire that technology from that company at that point in time as well. Because I was going to ask, what's the incentive for them to do what the Science and Technology Directorate of Homeland Security and CISA would like them to do? Because uh, I would think you got to be interested in buying it, for one thing, because they could say, well, golly, this is a commercial product. Government's going to be 5% of my business, but 50% of my work. Why should I? That is precisely why our program was set up, right? We actually do not want a government -y solution. We do not want the companies that we work with in order to pivot into government and you know, uh, provide a capability that is solely of use by the government. So our, uh, for lack of a better word, our pitch to the startups that we work with is, we have interesting set of problems that we need to solve. You have very interesting technology we believe can help solve it. We will give you some funding in order to bake in the solution to our problem into your product. And what we want you to do is take it out into the market and make it successful so that you are actually providing that capability to the broader private sector. And if you are able to do so, we would be happy to buy that technology as well because it is just as usable for us. So. For us, it is a combination of don't depend on the government for the care and feeding of your software. You want to be sustainable in the marketplace. And second, we have a, at least for this particular solicitation, we have a two-tier model. We expect them to contribute to a foundational layer that is open source, and we expect them to build value-added capabilities that are on top of it, which are obviously paid products that people would actually pay for. So that is the incentive and the approach to ensuring that products actually exist sure. rather than, you know, admiring the problem. And how many companies are you working with? So th this is where I need to be very careful simply because, uh, let me back up a second. We Our solicitation was back in October, very competitive solicitation. I would say that more than 25 companies applied, uh, you know, after to the pro project itself. We have selected somewhere between greater than five, less than 10. And the I am tap dancing around it simply because the official announcement has not come out yet on who has been awarded that that will come out over the next 30 days or so, and there'll be full visibility into that. So, you know, more than five, less than 10. And you, but you had sufficient response to the solicitation that you feel this is something that resonates. Oh my goodness, yes. You know, it's like like I said, you know, 25 plus companies from all over the world applying to the project with uh, really, really interesting ways of solving the problem. And you know, one of the one of the ways that we try to solve the problem within SVIP is to we multi-track. We 
fund multiple companies simultaneously to solve the same problem because we do not want to get caught up in the echo chamber of just one solution. So a diversity in thought, diversity in the team, diversity on what their background is really has an impact on the quality of their solution. So the ability to you know, select from a multitude and fund multiple ones in order to solve the problem has been really helpful to not just us, obviously, and more importantly, to our you know, component partners as CISA. All right. Well, we'll look for that announcement and find out who that five to ten companies are. Anil John is technical director of the Silicon Valley Innovation Program within the Homeland Security Science and Technology Directorate. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. And we'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.